And we are back in. It is here, the 2021 NCAA tournament, the long-awaited. It's been two years because of COVID-19. We did not have a tournament a year ago. It's back with the first four getting underway tonight, and we are elated that you are with us here on the nation's college basketball show. Straight ahead, you're going to hear from Chris Stewart, the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, the second-seeded Tide out of that East Bracket, the SEC champions. It's the first time since 1991 they've won the Southeastern Conference Tournament. He's going to talk a ton of Tide with me straight ahead and what their draw looks like, why their team has been so good, their red-hot coach Nate Oates, etc. Again, the first four underway tonight in Indianapolis. The marquee game is Michigan State, UCLA, but also Wichita State taking on Drake, those two 11-seed matchups that are going on to plug in the tournament. And the two 16-seeds will also be playing four games tonight and then 32 games on Saturday and Sunday, 52 games by the time we get to Monday night. We can't wait for the blur. No matter how you found this show via a social media link or wherever, it is streaming top and bottom of the hour on TuneIn Top and bottom of the hour under the Tag Sports Group channel. The podcast on Apple Podcast On Demand anytime. Subscribe under College Basketball Coast to Coast. The podcast comes automatically to you. I cannot wait for all of this to get underway tonight. And in the blur of all the games, we're going to have new shows. We're going to have recaps, previews every day this week and this weekend and into next week and all through the rest of March, all the way through the Final Four. All of it in greater Indiana, Indianapolis. Uh, and especially when we get to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and the Final Four in and around Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the Colts. It's all getting started, and we're ready. We're now ready to get it all underway here on this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Indeed, I have been looking forward to this part of the conversation here on College Basketball Coast to Coast because the Alabama Crimson Tide are in, and the man who was just on the call from the Crimson Tide Sports Network who has just completed, what, his 29th, his 59th, his, no, his 19th (laughs) season with the Tide on the radio is the Chris Stewart. Uh, Roll Tide, brother. What a great call. What a great moment this past weekend in Nashville for the Tide to win their first SEC basketball tournament since, uh, since what, George W., but Bush, Bush 41 was president, I believe, the last time the Tide got it done. That's been a while. Congrats. Yeah. Great to have you Thank here you. in the tied in as a number two seed. So, something to behold right now, what this team has accomplished. Good to have you. Appreciate it. It is pretty special. Yeah, whoever's the president of 91, either Bush or, or Clinton by then. I can't remember <laughs> which it was. But, yeah, it was 91 when, when Bama last won. They played for a tournament title uh, back in 02, which was the season before I started doing the play-by-play. So, yeah, it's been um, quite a while. As I said on the final seconds, ticking away in the the uh, the regular season championship, the drought's over, and it was 19 years since Alabama had won a regular season title. And you got to remember, you know, I know, you know, what you and I refer to as kids have no clue of, of how good Alabama basketball has been historically. And while I'm everybody tied to Alabama is quick to point out, there's Kentucky, which is through the stratosphere in terms of what it means relative to the SEC and championships. But when you take them out of the equation, nobody's won more SEC games than Alabama. Um, But it's been a long time, TJ. I mean, 
there was a, there were three consecutive seasons in the mid seventies where CM Newton won or shared won outright or shared the regular season SEC crown at the University of Alabama. There was the stretch in the eighties where the SEC tournament was called the Wimp Sanderson Invitational because he won five and was in the finals a total of nine times in ten years as head coach. I remember. Then uh, there were some great players, even that David Hobbs had in the early 90s that went on to the NBA, um, even though he didn't have the success and was replaced ultimately by Mark Gottfried. And, and Mark took Alabama to number one in the country for the only time in the regular season in the history of the program during the 02, at the you know, Christmas of 02. And then that team fell off the map and barely got in the tournament. It's why so so few people remember my point is there have been pockets there have been periods there have been times where Alabama basketball has been elite but there's no final four there's no national championship on the resume and when you are on the same campus as Alabama football and in your in your in the same league as as Kentucky basketball it's tough to get recognition the the comparisons are uh, are very tough there, and it's difficult to get recognition. You can't be looked at as just among the rest and and get put maybe in the category they deserve. But this season, uh, there's no question. Alabama was the best in the SEC. Now they got a chance to go and, and see what they can be historically from a, a national tournament's perspective. Yes, and, and I know we, we had talked to you probably about two or three weeks ago on this show on the cusp of maybe winning the regular season title. And you talked about, hey, the that's tremendous. You get to hang a banner, be recognized, but there are bigger goals. There are bigger yeah. aspirations. And sure enough, now in tournament play, this team has proven itself. Elaborate for the audience again here that Nate Oates, the coach, has really locked in on that moment. I loved him after the game saying, hey, all the football championships, now we have a basketball, we're, we're a school about championships. I'm paraphrasing right. what he said, but he's really had this thing locked in even now to this point of great that everybody's patting you on the back about a regular season title, but there's much more to it. And I think I think that mindset is part of what helps Alabama be even more dangerous than you might think right now. Not satisfied. Not satisfied just with the accolades of the right. SEC and the SEC tournament. Totally agree. And, and look, it's one thing for the coach to say it, but when Javon Quinterly is standing in front of the microphone and he's just been handed the most valuable or most outstanding player trophy for the SEC tournament, and he goes, this is great. We're excited. You can tell from the tears it means a lot to us, but we're not done yet. I mean, they understand. They've turned their focus pretty quick, just as they did from the regular season title to the conference tournament championship. Now I think they'll, they'll very quickly turn the page and, and focus in on what is at hand and realizing now it's a one-game season. People talk Final Four. They can talk this, whatever. It's a one-game season. Because if you lose it, it's all done. It's gone. There is nothing else for this year, this group. And they enjoy each other so much. They're playing together and playing healthy as a team. I know they were out without Josh Primo the last two games, who was a starter and and suffered the knee sprain against uh, Mississippi State in the opener. But they are in a spot now where they're as healthy as they have been all year, playing obviously at a very high level to win the 
the type of games that they did against Tennessee and uh, against LSU. So they're very much looking forward to going into the tournament. No doubt about that. And Herb Jones, obviously, with the trifecta of, uh, of being the player of the year, the defensive player of the year on the first team in the SEC, and he showed out big time uh, yeah. in that SEC tournament weekend, the wins over Tennessee and over uh, LSU. I want to go back to a fun one with the voice of the Tide here. We work broadcast from all different types of locations, locales. COVID-19 and the protocols have now switched everything up where we're distant, where we're away. You had to be upstairs in the Bridgestone Arena calling this. Take us back, because you've shared this some, but I want you to tell it to this audience. Take us back to the frantic final seconds where Alabama hung on, and uh, your partner, Brian Passink, is there with you. Uh, and what happened in the final few seconds to celebrate this and punctuate it? Because it's a great story, Chris. Well, I appreciate it. But the, the thing is, you got to remember, these games in Nashville were the first road games or even neutral site games that we'd had the opportunity to call in person. And we were, we were at Bridgestone Arena, and it was awesome. And frankly, from a broadcaster's perspective, it was terrific. We're in the hockey press box, okay? The press seating that is done for the Nashville Predators, which means that we're, we're not up on the concourse level. We're up in the ceiling. I mean, I could, if I'd had a ladder, I could have touched the ceiling of Bridgestone Arena. I wouldn't have done it. I'm scared of heights, and I was already up pretty, pretty dang high. But you know where I'm going with this. I often but as, refer look, to them as up by Jesus seats. No, you were up high. question. It was no question. So I'm, we're looking down, and from a broadcaster's perspective, it's actually great because you can see things develop. You're close enough. You can identify who guys are. That's not a struggle. But it's so far back, you can see things develop, guys running lanes, filling lanes, plays happening, you know, uh, in advance. You can kind of see and anticipate where something's coming from. But you've also got this massive – scoreboard and video board that's in your line of sight as well that you're literally above the scoreboard hanging above the floor and you're looking down so I've I've really from a broadcaster's perspective got a phenomenal view but you're also dying because here you are it's a one-point game there's seven and a half seconds to go LSU's inbounding from the baseline they throw it in it gets deflected or it actually didn't get deflected it goes out to center court. Trenton Watford's got to run it down there. Should have been a backcourt violation, by the way, with his foot clearly in the backcourt after the ball bounced in the front court. But we'll let that go because it, it gave us the call that we played at the beginning of our conversation. Well, it, I wasn't sure. Right. I mean, you could tell in my voice, I thought maybe that could be called. But I'm still not sure. Again if it was missed or not, regardless. He drives to the top of the arc, and he's going to try to take a three to win it, and Herb Jones blocks it. And I, I mistakenly said that, you know, the buzzer sounds, because in my, in my internal clock, I'm thinking, dang it, go off, buzzer. I'm ready for it to be over. You know, from a Bama perspective, these are the longest seven seconds of my life. And it doesn't go off, and... And they've got a guy I've drawn a blank on his name. Uh, I shouldn't draw a blank on his name because I, I need to uh, send him a Christmas card. It was Hyatt who <laughs> caught it, flipped it up, and it was halfway down. 
rims out. They get a tip that doesn't climb over the rim, and then finally the buzzer did go off, and Alabama wins. And the fact that I was able to call the last two seconds of that was maybe the best job I've done in my entire broadcasting career because my partner, Brian Passink, who was a guard at the University of Alabama, um, top 50 player in the country coming out of high school in Savannah, okay? This big-time athlete, big-time player, tackles me as I'm trying to call the final two seconds. He has leaned <laughs> over. We're not socially distant at this point. He is He's trying to find somebody to hang on to, and the ball falls off, and we got it called, and I survived and advanced just like Alabama did to the uh, to the winner stand to receive their championship trophy. Love this man. Love that story. That's great stuff. Like Valvano looking for somebody in 83 and you and I are older and the sub 30 year olds don't know. Valvano's just looking for somebody to hug and, and Passing's looking for somebody to hug and you were available. He's found me quick. I love me quick. All that you're hearing from Chris Stewart. Uh, Again, find him at C Stewart sports on Twitter. The uh, voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide for basketball, also for baseball, by the way. It's going to be a little busy, though, right now, not getting back to the baseball season just yet, with the Tide now ready to play Iona in the upcoming opening round of the NCAA tournament out of the East Regional. Uh, That is coming on Saturday. More on that uh, in just a second. Um, Back to being around these players and this team, just real quick, and you mentioned they, they sense unfinished business. They sense what lies ahead of them you've been around so many championship Alabama football teams it's a different sport but what do you sense about the focus of the players and what they realize and if they can elevate to the level now to win games and do serious damage in the NCAA tournament maybe maybe you sensed it some in Nashville and maybe it'll be even greater once you get to Indy and you're not there yet but what do you sense right now Chris Stewart probably about three things that stand out one I'll say is that this team is not having to do something beyond what they have shown when they were at their best this year in order to cut down the nets when it's all said and done in Indy. And I'm not talking about a regional. I'm talking about the national championship. If they play like they did against LSU in Baton Rouge, the first time they met that same LSU team that it went to the wire, they they had a 43-point lead on LSU in Baton Rouge with 10 minutes to go in that ball game. If I'm not they mistaken, made, wasn't it like a 65-point first half or thereabouts in it a 20-minute game? 60-32, to 32, I believe, was Something like that. Before. But it was more, they're up right 40 with 10 to go. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Finish. No, that's, that's fine. It was 40 with 10 to go. They made six threes before the first media timeout in that game. Okay. Fast forward, they play LSU again about three weeks later, a month later in Tuscaloosa. They only made six threes the entire game and still won it by 18. And it wasn't that close. So they had dominated LSU twice in two very different ways. Uh, And yet they were able to gut one out, grind one out against LSU, obviously, to win the, the tournament championship. But if they play like they did against LSU in meeting one, like they did against Georgia, where they scored 115 points on them, I believe, beat them 115 to 85. Um, At the time, they beat the Bulldogs. Uh, 
there's another game where they were just unbelievable shooting the basketball. If they do what we've seen them do when they're at their best, I think they can beat anybody. That's big. Another thing that's big that I think has changed for them that a month ago I didn't know if they could win at all because I'm a firm believer you better have the backcourt to get it done. And they've got as deep and versatile a team that, frankly, they're such a tough matchup because even the fives can, can play out beyond the arc and you have to guard them because they can shoot the three and they can put it on the deck and get to the rim, even the fives. So they're a tough matchup, but is there a guy that you can put it in his hands and say, go get him? Now you've got two. Because Herb Jones is not a true point, but he's that kind of guy. Now you've got the tournament most outstanding player in Javon Quinterly, who has taken his game to another level. He was a five-star coming out of high school. Signs with Villanova. Not happy there after a year. Briefly at Arizona. Transfers to Alabama. Red shirt last year. Now he's finally playing. It's taken him a long time this year to get to the level of play that he's enjoying right now but it's special, and he's a guy that he doesn't start, comes off the bench, but he's in the game at the end, and he is a guy you can put the ball in his hands and can take over and not be a total liability on the defensive end. That was major as well for a team that is one of the best defensive squads in America in terms of points per possession. So he's become a complete guy, but this is a veteran team collectively that's hungry. These are seniors in Herb Jones, John Petty, Alex Reese, who have who's all signed with Alabama in a class that, if I'm not mistaken, was the same one that included Colin Sexton, I think. Um, they have been through a lot, but they all came to Alabama with the vision of putting the tide where they are right now in terms of the SEC. But nationally, this is what this is where they wanted to be, and they want to finish it, which means get to a Final Four, win a national championship. They're the core of that, and having veteran leaders uh, and young guys who are ultra talented to go with them is a is a great combination. It's a deep, deep roster. That's a tough matchup, especially on a two day turnaround. Um, it's it's exciting to think about what could be. Hey, it's the dance, and the last time Alabama had a team this good that won the SEC um, regular season and tournament title, TJ, was 1987. Mark Godfrey was a player on that team. Derek McKee, I believe, was a player on that Alabama basketball team. Wimp Sanderson was the coach. But in the Sweet 16, <laughs> guess who they faced? I believe that was Providence and Rick Patino as the head coach. Guess who they play in the first round? I believe 34 years later, dare I say, back to the future, like Michael J. Fox and, and, uh, and Huey Lewis singing uh, the uh, Power of Love and all those other songs on our soundtrack of our youth. They're back. Yes, Iona and Rick Patino. It's amazing. Only, Bookends. Bookends, I'm, Chris. Let, let me tell you, not only Rick Patino, but a young man wearing number 12 named Jordan Brooks 
the son of former Providence Friar and elephant killer that day <laughs> in the Sweet 16, Delray Brooks wow. is on the roster. Now, not a major contributor, but he's there. And as I told a friend, I scanned the roster quickly. And if there had been somebody named Willie the Kid Donovan, <laughs> I was going to cancel my plans to go because there's no point. And right. for real Bama fans that know that Providence team with Delray Brooks and Billy the Kid Donovan ended Alabama's hopes and knocked off what many believe was the best team Alabama's ever had, the best team Wimp Sanderson ever had, and prevented them from going beyond the Sweet 16, uh, something that Wimp was never able to do despite going to five Sweet 16s during his tenure at the University of Alabama. But that Providence team went to a Final Four. Yes, they did. Bama could have easily been the team that did that. And so Patino and Iona, which they've had their own odyssey this year, we've been talking about this this week with COVID stoppages. They were stopped for almost 49 days, two different times. uh, COVID-19 pauses have been a factor for a lot of different teams. But for this program, they played so few games, and then they put it together in their tournament. I loved Patino's line. I'm going to put a smile on Chris Stewart's face as he's with me on college basketball coast-to-coast here. Patino said to the media – uh, midweek when asked about that 87 game and then this year he said well one thing about this year's Alabama team and their defense they're not going to let us shoot 68 percent like in 1987 yeah. he goes I can promise you that they're gonna they're gonna guard us an awful lot better so uh, that's going to be some matchup so to segue to that that game is a Saturday afternoon game at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse you're a contemporary oh. of mine that loves Hoosiers you're yeah. going to call an NCAA tournament game in hallowed ground, brother, on Saturday. Really? Has that part sunk in in this no. odyssey now in this season? What about that? It hadn't because I'm going to make my, my family watch Hoosiers with me before I, I take off and, and go to Indianapolis because I want them to, to see it and kind of understand what, when they're watching the game on television, understand why I'm going to be so excited to be there. I've actually done a game there before TJ when I was doing Birmingham Southern uh, which is now a division three program but BSC was an elite two-time national champion winner at the NAIA level they went to division one and while they were in provisional membership Butler was one of the first teams that ever came to Birmingham and played them Thad Mata was still the head coach BSC makes a return visit there the next year and I get to go and do a game at Hinkle Fieldhouse and in pregame warm-ups I made one of two threes that I attempted and never will shoot again because I'm going to retire with a 50% three-point shooting percentage in historic (laughs) Hinkle Fieldhouse uh, sidebar there. But I am so excited about getting to call a a game of this magnitude 21 years later probably Wow! uh, from the last time I had a chance to do that. It'll be special. Love this insight. Just another moment or two with Chris Stewart of the Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network and talking about the Tide and heading uh, to Indianapolis to call the game with Iona. Again, it's a Saturday afternoon game. Should the Tide, to use Chris's line, survive in advance, however they can against Iona, they would be playing the winner of UConn and Maryland, and that game would come on Monday. Um just one more time. I mean, I know it's a football state, and I, I live in the state of Florida. I joke that a lot of people think I live in the state of confusion. I live in the state of Florida, <laughs> which is a football state first and yeah. foremost. 
uh, Alabama and Alabama football rules the day there. But th- this is going to be on the biggest stage with all the expectations, a blast. And the state of Alabama is largely, some Auburn fans, largely going to be glued, right, to whatever's no about to unfold, right? No question. No, and Auburn fans will be watching. They'll just be pulling for every team that Alabama faces, which is the way it's <laughs> supposed to be when it's your in-state rival. Heck, you know, we're the only, you know, Alabama fans are the only ones in the state of Alabama that uh, that thought the, the call was right at the end of the Virginia-Auburn game in the Final Four. That, 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 oh, it was clearly fouled him. Uh, you know, so that's, I mean, that's part of it. But this state is very much excited. I, I've been around. It's been a long time. But I, I was doing the play-by-play. Uh, it was my second year of doing the play-by-play when Bama made it to the Elite Eight, the deepest run the team's ever made. Barely survived the first round against Matt Painter in Southern Illinois. When Antoine Petway, who's now now considered a longtime assistant in Alabama, but Pet was a guard on that team, hit the game winner with five seconds to go in the paint uh, to beat them, and then Southern Illinois misses a bucket on the other end. They beat Stanford, the national number one seed in the uh, the round of thirty two, go to the Sweet Sixteen, beat Syracuse and advance to the Elite Eight, and then, ooh, there's UConn. Emeka Okafor. Yep. Been, um, good Lord. Uh, boy, therapy's worked. I can't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You know, uh, there was, there, they had four or five NBA guys literally on that right. roster sure. won the national championship. So, um, point is, it's been a long time. But Bama fans, there, there is a really strong deep Bama basketball fan base. But you got the bandwagon folks, too, and that's all right. There is no problem with that. Uh, a lot of people are paying attention to this and hope they're paying attention for three solid weeks for Alabama basketball as we get into March. That's amazing. And the fact that you were rattling that stuff off about opening round game, Southern Illinois, and then this game, that, that's what this is about. It's about making memories. And we're about to yeah. see all of that unfold in the wildest, most unique NCAA tournament they've ever had because of the COVID-19 concerns and guidelines with all of it in either greater Indianapolis or some of it either in Bloomington or in West Lafayette on Purdue's campus at the beginning. It's all going to unfold and it should be wild. Um, I am thrilled personally for you. Again, I say publicly, Chris is one of the great guys off the air with everything that he does. Chris has been through a lot health-wise. I'm not trying to get sappy with you. If anybody on the planet in our business deserves something like this, the man that I'm talking to deserves something like this. Thrilled for you. Thrilled for you. Promise me that as things escalate, not if, as they escalate, that I get to bother you again on college basketball coast-to-coast as we go along in, in the uh, the mayhem of March. Please tell me I can get All back. All you, you got to do is call me. We'll we'll work it out. And my, uh, my sincere hope is that uh, we're doing this either just before or just after the national championship Ooh. as well. One game at a time. One game at a time. I'm not predicting. You know, you know what I'm giving you. I'm and saying again, I'm, I'm simply wishing and hoping that that's going to be the case. Just take it one game at a time and survive in advance. But here's what I'm doing for you at the end of college basketball coast to coast. We're okay. on video right now, you and I, if they're only hearing us. But I am pointing to the two Tampa Bay Buccaneer championship hats over my shoulder in the video chat. And you've got your share of titles, obviously, with Alabama, including a football national championship earlier this year. I am now bestowing 
some Tom Brady Champa Bay mojo towards Chris Stewart and Alabama basketball because we've had plenty of Champa Bay Lightning Hockey Stanley Cup Rays baseball in the World Series Tampa Bay Buccaneers all these pro sports obviously in the NFL I'm giving you a little Champa Bay mojo to go up to Indianapolis with uh, because that was a phenomenal thing to be around with the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium I can't imagine with a tournament basically all-inclusive in Indiana and in Indianapolis what it's going to be like, but you got some mojo from me, brother. Go I enjoy. I appreciate that. Champa Bay. I like that. <laughs> it is, uh, as Nate Oates did say when accepting the trophy, he was asked by Marty Smith of ESPN, you know, are you ba-? he was saying it somewhat tongue-in-cheek, are you a basketball school now? And he goes, look, man, you know, everybody knows what we are in football. We want to title them back. Why do we have to be? One or the other, why can't we just be a championship school? And the place went nuts because it was all Bama fans left. And it was, uh, it was really cool. It's a great line. It's a great point. And hoping to add another championship to uh, what's been an amazing season already, the regular season and tournament champions for the Southeastern Conference. Uh, regional champions would be phenomenal. And then you're just you're already there. You're already dressed. Why not dance big? I love it. I love this man, Chris Stewart. Follow him at C. Stewart Sports, Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network. He'll be on the call for Bama and Iona Saturday afternoon on the radio for the Crimson Tide. Love him. Much love for Chris Stewart here here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. And we thank you for finding us and being with us. Again, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, the show streaming on TuneIn, top and bottom of the hour on the Tag Sports Group channel under Tag, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group on TuneIn as we preview, recap, do everything with the NCAA tournament. All of it is coming this weekend. Many thanks for you being with me on this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.